Will Daniel Jones actually start on Sunday? Do the Giants stand a chance against the Rams? We discuss the latest on Big Blue's injury front, preview the game, make our picks, and look ahead to the 10-year Super Bowl anniversary celebration. Our special guest is Giants' second-year starting left tackle, the big fella, Andrew Thomas. Plus, we preview our Blue Rush Live podcast coming on Sunday after the game. It's all next on Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Joining us later in the show, starting left tackle for the Giants, Andrew Thomas joins us for a fun conversation. Let's welcome in the host of Blue Rush this season. That would be two-time Super Bowl champion kicker Lawrence Tynes and Giants beat writer for the New York Post, Paul Schwartz. I'm Jake Brown alongside Sarah McCrory as well. Guys, before we get into Giants talk, we got to talk about Sunday. Lawrence, you're making the trek to New York from Kansas for the 10 year anniversary ceremony. Something positive will come out of Sunday, no matter what the result of the game. And after the game, five o'clock. Fans of the show, Giants fans, will get to meet you, take some photos with you, you know, shake some hands, kiss some babies. Five o'clock, Victory Sports Bar. It's about a 10 or 15-minute walk. I believe there's a shuttle there. 5.30 will be the live podcast with Lawrence, Paul, me, and Sarah, so stay tuned for that. But 5 o'clock Sunday, I think fans are excited, Lawrence, to uh, swing by and and meet a two-time Super Bowl champion kicker. Well, I am looking forward to coming back home. I call New York my second home. And I want to see all my teammates. But, um, you know, listen, I think doing a live show, we get to meet some of our listeners. I think that's important. So we can, you know, connect some names on Twitter that that give us shout outs all the time and listen to our show. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to coming back, man. Listen, it's a special time, you know, to celebrate with your teammates again. It's funny because some linemen look like kickers now and some like DBs look like linemen now. So that's always the big joke, right? Some some guys gain a lot of weight, some guys lose a lot of weight, and we still have fun just like we were in the locker room, you know, 10 years ago. So going to be a fun weekend. Got a lot of fun stuff planned. The Giants do a great job with these things, so. It'll be a lot of fun. It's funny. I saw um, a video with some of the offensive linemen, Lawrence, and I saw Kareem McKenzie. And, uh, you know, Chris Knee was kidding around with him about, uh, tell you know, tell us about the ritual. I guess uh, two days before the game, he ate like 100 chicken nuggets, you know, every every sitting or something like that. And Kareem, and Kareem was like, look, I don't – I wasn't 100. And, look, I was 300 pounds then or more. I'm 300 pounds now. I'm a big guy. I'm an offensive lineman. That's what we look like, and that's what we eat, okay? So well, he's one of those guys who still looks like he could come around the edge a little bit and knock out a linebacker. He does. But on the flip side of that, you do not want O'Hara as your center or Snee as your guard because both of those guys are about 100 pounds less than what they were when they played. It makes it all the more, like you say, wow, when you see him. Like, you actually, this is your body size. Like Chris Knee, for example, played at 320. I mean, he was a huge man, but he looks normal now at 220. So just to think about how much goes into playing pro football and offensive linemen, I mean, these guys eat. and Snee looks like a different human being now. It doesn't even look like the same weight transformation, it's like, like, did he do Weight Watcher? What was it? He is a different person now. It's insane. And Sean O'Hara looks great you know Sean's a bigger 
bigger guy, but he's not. But yeah, it's it's interesting how these guys keep that weight on, and it's pretty simple. They just eat a lot. Now, now, Lawrence, I'm just looking at the paperwork here for our our, our um, you know live podcast event um, Sunday, and it says here that the the super two time Super Bowl champion guy who's been in the league ten years drinks and appetizers are on him. Is that is that what I whoa, see whoa. on this sheet here? Do we no? have? It depends on the. Uh, Wait, hold on, people? hold on. I'm looking. How many at people sheet? does this place hold? I don't know. I think it, I'm expecting a pretty good crowd. I mean, we're not charging for it, which might have been a terrible idea that it's free. Uh, we might get some shenanigans. Big George, I'm sure, will be there uh, in all his glory. But do you get recognized like when you went back for the 10 year? Do, do people like see who you are? And I mean, it, in New York, yes, more so than I do here. Here some, but it's weird when you go back and anytime, you know, you're out somewhere or, you know, even just checking in like, TSA in New York, right? Or the airlines and people kind of do this and they do this and they look up and look down and then you start talking. But, you know, I haven't been back in a while, so I don't know. We'll see. We're about to find out. <laughs> you also look look virtually the same. You know what I mean? You know, you look slightly older, but not 10 years older. And you, Thanks, you know, Paul. No, you do. I mean, you know, you you you're about the same size. You're you're not, didn't get big. You didn't get small. You look like yeah. you look like a guy who was a former kicker, you know, and oh, yeah. a, a former soccer player. Um, you know, this 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 is such great memories. You're going to have all these tales. You're going to talk to your teammates. It's going to be great. And now we got to jerk it back to reality here. You yeah. Know? And and it's 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 rough. It's a rough juxtaposition. It really is. Um, you know, Daniel Jones was on the practice field Wednesday. I was surprised to see that. You you know how it is with concussions, Lawrence. Some guys in a dark room and they have a headache and they can't come out and and, and face the music, literally can't face the music because their head pounds. Um, He was out there. He was doing work with the trainers, you know, running and things like that. He was throwing some passes. He did not practice. Before we get into whether he should play or not, if he's medically cleared, concussions are like the dirty little secret in the NFL in the locker rooms, right? I mean, it's different than a guy who has a back or a hamstring or a knee. Uh, From your experience as a player, how did players treat this? You know, how did you treat a guy who was concussed? You can't kind of talk to him. Uh, What was the whole deal with that? You know, this is completely new territory. As I was coming out, all these new rules were coming in and I just don't remember us spending this amount of time or you know talking about them I I think some guys had them sometimes but it was probably shortly after I left that we now have all these protocols in place which I think is a great thing to be honest with you because I'm sure over my time guys played when they shouldn't have but it's a new age of football a new era yeah I don't so I don't know what that looks like in the building right now with where Daniel is or where concussed players go but, you know, listen, I, I know guys that had them. I know guys that got them in game uh, before they had the independent neurologist taking a look at hits during the game. None of that existed when I played. So that's, you know, eight years ago and that wasn't in place. But I think it is a good thing that it is in place, you know, in today's now, game. Now, should he, there's no should he if he doesn't get through the medical protocols. There were a five-step process. He's probably in two or three. I think two is physical activity, non-football related. Three, I think, is um, physical activity, football related. Then you go to the next. Then you go to the net. You know, you just literally have to pass through these protocols. And it's not like they say one day for this, one day for this, one day for this. It's when you can pass through them in a certain period of time before you're cleared. What's your feeling? Let's say he is medically cleared, which I have a feeling he will be. Uh, he might not be medically cleared till Friday. Uh, I don't anticipate he will practice on Thursday. So you got a quarterback who's not going to practice much. Let's say he feels okay. The Giants are one in four. Uh, what do you do here as the coach and as the GM and as Daniel Jones? What do you do here with him? Mm, I mean, I, I think you play him. Okay. I, it's a it's a warrior sport. I know that sounds callous to some degree because you're dealing with someone's brain or head, but 
if he is medically cleared, and you know as well as anyone, Ronnie Barnes is probably the best trainer there is out there. I mean, Ronnie's not going to let him play if he doesn't think he should play. And so, and Ronnie has a lot of power, a lot more power than most trainers in the NFL. Ronnie will sign off. If he's if Ronnie signs off on him to play, then I'm good with that. But I, I think if he is cleared, he should play. I mean, these are important games, one and four. I mean, I'm not saying Mike Glennon can't get the job done. I was actually really impressed. I went back and watched the film of him today, the second half. He did a lot of really good things. And I do think he's a big step up from Colt McCoy. This is not Colt McCoy we're talking about here. I think we can win with Glennon. So having said that, I think the second half is going to give the coaching staff some options. Does that make sense? I think Joe Judge is going to say, man, you know, Mike Lennon played fairly well. We stunk on defense. So maybe we do sit Daniel, even if he is cleared. Uh, No, I I think that makes sense. Look, look, no matter who the backup quarterback is, you're not going to say, look, Daniel's kind of not ready. I'm worried about it, but we got to throw him out there because the, the, the bum behind him can't play. But I agree with you. You know, look, you know Mike Glennon was 0-5 as a starter with Jacksonville. I think he's uh, 6-21 and as a starter in his career. Now, you know, some of that's misleading. His rookie year with the Bucks. okay, his rookie year, he was 4-9 and as a starter. I was with him. I was with him in Tampa as a rookie. Um, did, were you on that team? Did you? No, I them? mean, short, I was there in camp. You, you were there in camp, before, right, yeah. right. Okay, I didn't think you were. You know, you didn't kick for them. In 2013, he threw 19 touchdown passes and nine interceptions as a rookie, and he goes four and nine. Why? Because the team is no good, right? It's he's a capable. Bad... I think he's a capable player. I, I think he's a capable backup who, if he can be the reason why you don't lose a game, you know, he's going to win the game for you. No, it's it, it's a tough call. Um, you know, look, and you mentioned Ronnie Barnes. Also, look, there, there's an independent medical advisor there who has to sign off on this also before the Giants even get to this. So this will be vetted properly. Um, I don't think it, it's an emergency situation where you throw Daniel out there. And then don't forget, Daniel's a runner. So are you going to put him out there and say, don't run? You can't do that. Is he going to be hesitant? Uh, you don't want him to lead with his head? So uh, there's a lot that goes on there. there, there well, really you get Slayton and Shepard back. You you know what? It's unbelievable, Lawrence. It's in one, out one, in one, out one. Saquon out this week, right? He won't play. Galladay out this week. He won't play. Slayton comes back. Sterling Shepard on Wednesday was so excited. You can tell. Usually they kind of are reserved. He, he practiced limited. He missed two games with a hamstring. Usually they say, well, wait till he said, I'm back. I'm back. I'm playing. I'm back. I need to play. So, you know, that's good that those two guys are back. Now, where is Sterling Shepard best operating out of on the field? I'm in the slot. Kadarius Toney, from what you've seen, where is he best operating from on the field? I'm not quite sure where he lined up this past week, but I think Kadarius Toney can go outside. I think he's that good. I think he's better in the slot, but yeah, I I think you're going to have, obviously, Slayton is going to, Slayton's going to be on the outside. Yeah, he'll he'll play. And then you don't forget, we got John Ross. um, Yeah. Came out of the game healthy. So they've got some weapons. Mike Glennon's going to have some weapons. You know, Booker's going to be the tailback. I don't know who's after him, but I just think they're they're in better shape than they were thinking about this thing on Monday. Yeah, I mean, the, the loss of Saquon is just so, look, we can't belabor it. You know, I understand that, but he was just he was just getting there, you know? And and you know what? What I fear with this team is all these weapons, they're not going to ever be out there together. They have not been out there together, and they're not going to be out there together. And, and look, you can cry about that. Look, that's the reality of it. It's just too bad. I think they'll have enough skill guides other than, you know, I don't, you know, I think Booker, if you block for him, can be okay. You know, he can get the yardage that the play is designed to get. Now he's not going to be Saquon and get more of that. You know, and that brings us to, well, another thing with Tony is that he mentioned, you know, it's funny because he, you know, he he was great after the game on Monday, discussing the punch, apologized for the punch. He was terrific, you know, very mature. 
And he said, I know we're playing some teams now coming up that can be rowdy. Great word. Never a word I would have used. Rowdy. He knows that, you know, the Rams have guys who can bait people. You know, we know that. The cornerback there is uh, a guy who who, who can bait people, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Are you worried about Kadarius Toney? Because you know these other teams right now are going to be, look, 89, we can get under his skin. We can get him thrown out of the game. You worried about that? I'm not worried about it. That was just an emotional moment, down two scores, you know, ticked off. You've lost teammates throughout the game. I'm not worried about him. You know, there's a little extra shove there. I don't think Kadarius Tony's going to reoffend. I mean, listen, could he? Sure, if if they they push the right button. But you know, this Rams defense is is not as vaunted and as good as everybody thinks it is. You know, you think of Donald, you think of Ramsey, and those are premier players in our game. But they're not that great on defense. You, you know, can you throw can, one. I think you can throw yeah. one. Yeah. And as long as you can just protect and keep Donald away from Glennon or, or Daniel, I mean, it's you got a chance here. So offensively now this is the problem our defense if <laughs> yeah. as you go back and watch it i mean rushing three we're rushing four i mean we're we've got seven in coverage against four receivers and we're not even within five yards of the receiver i don't know what they're going to do on that side of the ball but i think we can score some points i think we can score against this Rams team. you know i i think in, in, it's not fantasy football but sometimes we always wonder you know i wonder if we take this guy who we think is a pretty good player and we take him off this team and put him on that team with that coach, I wonder what it would look like. That's exactly the Matt Stafford scenario, right? You know, he, God bless him. He played in Detroit for a long time. You know, we see him every Thanksgiving. He's running around. He's throwing the ball all over the place. The Lions just don't win enough. We know that. It's a bad franchise. So I wonder what it would be like if he went to a different team with a really innovative offensive coach. So he goes with McVay, you know, and it, it right now from what, I don't know what you're seeing, but it is a freaking match made in heaven, isn't it? It's unbelievable. I mean, the, the amount of weapons, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's still running go routes, getting wide open. I mean, they got Cooper cup. They've got woods. Woods went off the other night against Seattle. Went 12 for 150. Yeah. Went off. And went off. they've got good backs. I don't know if Sony Michelle's out, but they're just really good offensive. The tight end, what's his name? Higby. Higby. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, really good. I mean, it's going to be a huge challenge for our defense. So not Cooper, not Cooper really Cup. looking forward Cooper to Cup. watching them. I mean, I am looking forward to watching them, but I'm going to be spending more time hanging out with my old teammates. Now, where will you be? Will you be in a suite watching the game no. with, your, with your guys? No. So we're, we're traditionally behind the visitor's bench. Mm-hmm. Up in the mezzanine level, like there's like a little indoor outdoor suite-ish kind of thing, like where right. we have tabletops or something like that. So we're really just behind that, right around that 30 yard line on the opposite side. And how intently do you think you and your teammates will be watching the game? Well, you know, I want to, but there's no way in hell I'm probably going to. Um, just because <laughs> I'll be watching the Miller Light stand. We'll and, be and catching how quickly up that's and, going. You know, my my kids will really watch it really hard. You know, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to the Giants game when they play the Chiefs here. So I'll, that'll be my game. I watch like in person. That'll be in a suite because I have really cool friends that have suites. Now, now the Eli, you know, retirement and and Ring of Honor game. You know, just as we suspected, it was ugly at halftime. They were only they were only losing seven six to the Falcons at halftime. But it was you know they they took a knee, mm. they got booed, they looked lousy. You know it was you know John Mara got booed. Now John Mara will not get booed on Sunday because he's not going to be anywhere near the podium. It's it's a Bob Papa from the booth. Yeah. 
MC thing. You know, this is not a retirement of a jersey. This is a, a celebration of a team. So Bob Papa will be up there. You guys will be coming out. They'll mm-hmm. introduce you. Maybe I should give Bob Papa 10 bucks and have him say, you know, he's going to announce all the names, right? I yeah. wonder if I could get to say two-time Super Bowl kicker, uh, kick the Giants, uh, the, the two overtime victories in the NFC Championship game, host of Blue Rush, Lawrence Times. Th- okay. How about that? Just throw it in. Shameless plug? Yeah, Throw please. it in. Shameless. Get, you know, Bob, Bob, we're competing against Bob. I, him and Carl have a podcast now. So they've both been guests on our show. So – we're competing against them. Hey, hey you haven't been around in a while. Have you seen Carl Banks? We're not, uh, I don't want to ever say in any way, shape, or form, I'm competing with Carl Banks in anything. I mean, okay. he could break me in half. Sleeping, he could break me in half. You know, when you look at him and you say, man, you know, how were the linebackers back then? I mean, he's he's trim. He's lost weight. But you shake Carl Banks' hand, it goes up to your elbow. I mean, he, man, I don't know how quarterbacks. That's hey, you, look, you look at him on one side and Lawrence Taylor on the other side, and then you say, oh, now I see why nobody scored on these guys. Well, they would, yeah, they're they're like defensive end bodies in in today's game. Like they wouldn't add be that to the soundboard. By the way, Carl Banks will break me in half. That'll he be added break to me. the Blue Rush soundboard. Well, I don't think uh, he will. I'm saying he could. I know Carl. <laughs> he's he's I I I you know he's a gentle giant. I think. All right, so let's break this game down. Make our pick starting with you, Lawrence. The Rams right now, on, as we record this Wednesday, and I are nine and a half point favorites. It was at ten and a half, oh, but geez. I guess this Daniel Jones news gets it down to nine and a half. What's your pick? What's the score? Well. As fun as it is going to be to be back in New York at MetLife Stadium and see all the wonderful fans, there's no way in hell the Giants can win this game. And I think it's more so because of their defense right now. I think they can score some points. I'm going to take the Rams 30, Giants 24. So closer than you think. You know, I would like to say, you know, the Rams are coming from west to east. Sometimes it's a one o'clock game. It's nine yeah, it's o'clock early. there, but they're coming off a Thursday game. So they have a lot of extra rest, you know? So yep. this is a team that will, you know, that whole tired stuff, that's not going to be there. I, I have a sense the Giants can play okay in this game. I, you know, I just, you know, you don't play like dogs every every week. You just don't, even if you're not a very good team. And look, the Cowboys is a bad matchup. The Cowboys took great delight in hammering the Giants in the second half. So I think the Giants will be a better team than that. I don't know who's going to play. You know, if Glennon plays, I, I, you know, he's not a running threat at all that Daniel is. So I don't think the Giants can win. Not that they can't win. I don't think they will win. I'm going to pick a, a larger score than you. I think it'll be maybe a little less high scoring than we think. I would say like, uh, I pick these games the same almost every time. 31-17, something like that. I just, Mm. you know, and it could be closer than that as far as, you know, the Rams could score a late touchdown or something. It's just, I I agree with you about the defense. You know, they have weapons on offense, but but who who, who, who are the hammers on defense that they, they they can throw at these guys? You know, uh, Stafford's been sacked, I think, four times all season in five games. The Giants going to light him up? I'm going to go 31-20 Rams, no matter what the injury situation is. I agree. The Rams offense, too explosive for this Giants defense. Over, under is 48 and a half, by the way. Pretty high number for a Giants team that's banged up. Sarah, come on, Sarah. You taking? Come What's on, Sarah. Pick the Giants. Sarah will be there with me. We will be sitting come together on. again. Last time we did, it didn't end well. Yeah, so. it didn't end well last time Jake and I were there. Also... I don't know. They won last year with Colt McCoy, so I don't think it's impossible, especially if you got Slayton and Shepard. I don't know. Pick the Giants so then you can show off if they win. I wasn't gonna, but now I feel like I just should. But I don't even know what the score would be. Just a win. Just a win. 27-30. I don't know. Giants. Graham Gano! (laughs) And Florence rushes the field to celebrate. 
<laughs> I wasn't even going to pick them, but you know what? Well, no matter what, we're going to the Victory Sportsbook. Victory Sports Bar. So, yes. You can place your bets, live bets on the 4 o'clock games while they're going on. Come say hi. Take some photos. Uh, sign up for Post Sports Plus while you're there. You get your first 30 days free. I think there's some perks if you are Post Sports Plus. So look into doing that. You'll meet Paul. You'll meet Sarah. You'll meet me. We might need bodyguards for Sarah. You know, there's <laughs> there's some listeners out there. Uh, you never know, so uh, we got to be careful. I've got but, three uh, of them right here. That's right. Uh oh, there you go. Well, you um, well, two of them, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not quite. Uh, Paul's not inviting shit. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm more of the. Um, um, I'll, I'll try to. I'll, I'll, try, I'll, I'll, I'll try to. I'll do the best I can, but it's you know. I mean, it's, well, Paul will be a five thirty arrival, so he's going to get his Vince McMahon strut on as he walks oh, in. Yeah. You know, a little late as we're getting ready to start. Uh, he'll be Conor McGregor strutting his way in, and uh, we'll start the show at five thirty ish, right around there. So come on out, have some beers, have a fun time, and join Blue Rush live for the first time. We're making it happen. Well, joining us live in a second will be Giants starting left tackle Andrew Thomas, right here on Blue Rush. All right, joining us now on Blue Rush is the New York Giants starting left tackle in his second season with the team. He was the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft by Big Blue out of the University of Georgia, where he was a freshman All-American, first-team All-American, and a unanimous All-American from 2017 to 2019, first-team All-SEC, a Jacobs Blocking Trophy Award winner. He has started 19 games so far for the G-Men and has been tremendous this season. Let's give a warm Blue Rush welcome to the pride of Lithonia, Georgia, Stand up ATL. It's Andrew Thomas in the building. Andrew, welcome to Blue Rush. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. You know, the ATL, it's interesting because Chick-fil-A, I don't know if you noticed this, the quality of the chicken, Andrew, is far better down there than if you've had it in New York. Have you noticed that yet? It's way better. (laughs) Even for just Chick-fil-A in general is better in Atlanta than in New York. quality is is better, yeah. This is a a great topic. So when I drive to my house in Florida from Kansas City – and we stop along the way. We only stop at Chick Fil A's in the South. Way better. It's way right. better than the Midwest. Breakfast is better too. Yeah. Breakfast, is, yeah, yeah. You get the the my pleasure. You, you right, know, exactly. thank you. You get a lot my of that. Pleasure. Well, what have you been eating so far in New York? You know, you, COVID not over, but you know, things opening up this year. Yeah. What have you been uh, eating in the city? In the city, I've been to a few spots. I know it's a place called um, Tao, the Asian restaurant. That's pretty oh, yeah. good. Um, we went to a few steakhouses like Mastro's. Roof Chris and spots like that. And then other day I went to a pizza spot. I think it's Joe's Pizza, I think. Yep. That was pretty good. Andrew, so when you sit down with your offensive linemen, you know, the offensive linemen are renowned for this, you know, their dinner table, you know. So if you sit down with the offensive linemen at a steakhouse or at a pizzeria, yep. what amount of food is actually consumed there? And if you list your guys, you got the tackles, the guards, and centers, who's doing the most damage out on the table there? Um, so we went to this place, I think it's called River Palm. It's a, it's a um, restaurant in Fort Lee, and they, they serve, like, sushi, and they have these massive, like, sushi boats, and it's, like, probably 50 pieces of sushi on one. We ordered, like, four or five of them, and it's all going. This is just appetizers. Um, I wouldn't say a specific group eats, you know, more than the other. We all put down a, a good amount of food. It's crazy. Uh, the key is who, who, who picks up the tab at the end yes. of the night, right? You know what I mean? I mean? You're not a rookie anymore, right? Did you right. have to do that a lot last year? I did have to do it a few times last year. We couldn't go out as much, you know, yeah. COVID, but... When we did uh, the rookies, we have to take. Hey, that check that check clears when you're a top ten pick. 
Always clears. That check is always good. <laughs> hey, hey, let's talk a little football here. Year one to year two, biggest difference for you in terms of the game? Uh, run game, I would say uh, just playing with my eyes, understanding, you know, the scheme, uh, what our coaches want from us in the past game, my set consistency, getting to my spot, feeling comfortable with my spot, and then hand placement. Yeah. I mean, you look great, man. Listen, coming from a guy who played the game, I mean, you've really – I thought you were good last year, even better this year, so it's, it's fun to watch. I always said players make the biggest jump from year one to year two, and it looks like you've done that. Appreciate that, yeah. Um, put a lot of work in this offseason. I'm coming off of, you know, ankle surgery. Wanted to work hard to, you know, be prepared, be ready for camp, and um, it's paying out so far. Um, this past week in Dallas was something very different for you. You're suited up, but you didn't play. How's the foot doing? Were you surprised? Did you think you'd get in the game? You know, what what, what happened there? Uh, my mindset is always, you know, trying to play, but the coaches um, and the medical staff, they're going to make the, the best decision for the team. And, and for myself, health-wise, over the season, I'm feeling better. I'm doing a lot of work, a lot of treatment, trying to get you know ready for Sunday. Now you you had a, a pretty extensive workout. You know, I saw you at AT and T Stadium. You know, they, they you know you got you know a bunch of the eyes of the biggest people. You know, the medical and the owners and you know front office people and the coaches. They're all watching you. What did you think you showed them in that pregame? Uh, I think I, that's the best I moved since you know the injury. Like in practice, I got a few reps, um, but they could tell I was a little gimpy. But that was the best I moved all week. So I think that's progress. Do you think you'll be able to um, practice on Wednesday and Thursday? you think you'll be able to play on Sunday against the Rams? I'm not sure uh, the plan they have for me. They'll probably let me know that um, tomorrow when I get in the building after treatment, but we'll see. But how do you feel? I mean, you, you know your body better than anyone else. You know your foot. You know, look, you got a bad foot. You can't play. Do you think you're ready to put a pounding on that foot? I'm feeling better. Like I said, um, that was the best I've moved in that workout that I had. So um, a few days off of it, I think definitely helped. He's not going to let it out yet. Paul. Give him a couple of days. Hey, I see you. I see you. Great. <laughs> um, you know, being repped by Rock Nation, you get a call from Jay Z when Rock Nation calls you up. What's that like? Obviously, we throw your diamonds in the air. Hove calls you. That's got to be an incredible feeling. Yeah, he called me uh, actually when I got drafted, and it was a crazy night. Just, you know, being drafted first off was just crazy, but it didn't really hit me until later. And, you know, I'm on the phone talking to Jay-Z, whatever, he's telling me about the New York media and everything, stay focused and all that stuff like that. And after, like, all my friends are there, and they're all, like, looking at me like crazy, like, you know, something crazy happened. I'm just looking normal, not realizing, like, I just talked to Jay-Z, like, I just got drafted. It hit me later on. What was his message to you? Uh, he told me just to stay focused. He told me um, New York is a lot different place than, you know, where I'm from. I'll keep my, my, my head on straight, keep working, um, and I'll see success. And yet, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% comfortable with Jay-Z's first warning to you is uh, warning you about the media, but um, that's okay. I mean, I, I, I understand what, what I understand what he, what he was doing. Andrew, now, Lawrence, Andrew you know, that's, that's warranted. I'm glad Jay-Z told you that because I've been on both sides of this thing. Right. Hey, listen, there's a lot of intrigue about Isaiah Wilson, a guy mm -hmm. you know, you played with him. Yeah. What can you tell us, tell Giants Nation, just from, you know, having played with him in college, a little bit about who he is and what he brings to the table? Yeah, Isaiah, good kid, good personality, probably one of the most physically gifted humans I know, like to be that big and be able to move that well. You don't see that often, so I'm excited for him. Getting a second chance, I'm going to do my best, you know, to help him out. We've already been talking a lot, uh, basically, just translating the plays, you know, from our Georgia scheme. A lot of the uh, play calls are pretty similar, so just, you know, helping him come along as much as I can. How has he looked so far to you? Um, you know, I know the Giants have said the first thing is he's, we got to get him in shape. You know, he yeah. hasn't played in a while. What do you right. sense about his size, his shape, and just moving along here, you know, a couple of weeks into this? Yeah, he, uh, he's definitely big. You can tell it's been, been a while since he's, you know, had to play, but um, he's working hard, 
with our strength staff, um, doing a lot of, you know, conditioning and stuff like that to get ready. And then obviously paying attention to media and trying to get better. You were on the sidelines. You didn't play Sunday in Dallas, but Kadarius Tony put on a show and I'm rocking my drip in honor of, you know, Kadarius Tony, the drip God. Yeah. What, is, what are you seeing out there from him? This kid, you know, it's, it's early, but yeah. I mean, he's got superstar status written all over him. No, he's electric. You get the ball in his hands. Um, it could be the tightest windows, and he, he can make something happen. I think he was a spark for our offense, you know what I'm saying? Give us a little confidence, um, especially in got to have it moments, you know, some of the um, drives. It was like third and 10 or something like that, third and long. And he makes a crazy play, um, and uh, I think that sparks our offense. We all always talk about offensive line continuity. We want these five fingers of the fist coming together, and there's been anything but continuity. Can you name every left guard you played with from first game to now, it, 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 you know, right now for this season? Uh, so we start with the preseason. It was with Shane. And then it went to, uh, I had Ben Bredesen. Then I had Nick Gates. Then I had uh, Matt Skura. And then we have Wes now. Um, I didn't get to play um, next to him, only in practice, but he played this week. Right. That's good. You you, you, it, it, you know, most of the time you just want to mention one guy and that this is my running mate. Uh, you don't have that. How difficult is that? You know, you guys got to be dance partners right away. And you don't get that luxury of week after week after week. Yeah, it's not easy. A lot of times when you're playing next to a guy for a long time, you just kind of understand um, certain things. You understand, like, his weaknesses, um, his strengths. And sometimes you don't even have to talk about stuff. But for us, the biggest thing has been over-communication, like making sure we know who we're going to, what the double team is going to, alert the squeeze. You know, whatever it is, just to make sure um, there's no consternation, as JG likes to say, um, just to make sure we're all on the same page. Andrew, have you seen a more confident Daniel Jones this season? Definitely. um, You can tell Daniel's. Confidence is going. Um, definitely a talented guy. Uh, if we do our job and protect the front, uh, we saw you know what he can do. You were just talking about Kadarius Tony. You know now he's the new number one pick. You know you know you're you're the the last year's number one pick. You had to go through that all last year, right? You had to go through. He's the number one pick. We're all watching you. Our expectations are very high for you. You start right away. You know it, it's all good. But that draft experience. So Daniel Jones, we just mentioned. You know they announced. You know with the sixth pick in the draft, the Giants take Daniel Jones. There were boos. You know from from fans you know really didn't know much about him but the expectation was not him he gets booed uh you were not booed because the expectation was the Giants are going to take an offensive lineman but maybe not this particular offensive lineman we know about Wills we know about Becton we know about you know um Worfs you mentioned once about running your own race how tough was that to do to run your own race and not run against those other three guys on other teams it's a difficult thing sometimes because you have social media a lot of outside influences that, I mean, being a young man with a, with an Instagram, you know what I'm saying? You you see a lot of things. But for me, it's just focusing on what I can do uh, to be the best version of me, regardless of what they're doing. It doesn't it doesn't matter anymore. Before, you know, pre, pre-draft, pre of course, you know, you're trying to scout different guys. You're trying to sell yourself, you know what I'm saying? Trying to be the best one taken. But after the draft, none of that matters. You just, you just have to work every day and, and try to be the best you can. You know, I, I have kids your age, Andrew, you know, so, so I always try to think doesn't always work. I try to think, would I write this about my kid? You know, would I want this sentiment out there about my kid? When you're, you know, flip on the TV or your your friends or something, flip on the TV and you know, Lewis Riddick, a ex- respected guy in the business, says, Andrew, a couple of weeks ago, he said, Andrew Thomas is by far the worst of those four. Is that hurtful to you? Or do you like life in a big city? I got to deal with this. Well, Coach Judge says it the best. He always says um, the media, um, you have to treat it sometimes like when you play well, it's not as good as they hype it up to be. And if you're not playing that well, it's not as bad as it is. So a lot of times they'll see something, they'll hype it up and, you know, you'll play a good game. They say, oh, Andrew Thomas let up no sacks, but 
There's plays that I'm looking at that I need to correct my hand placement, my set, and things like that. And there's there's games where I might not have played as well as I wanted to. And I go back on film, it's like, oh, you actually did some things well that you can build off of. And that's what I try to do is just, just try to stay level-headed, not too high, not too low, um, try to stay as consistent as possible. That's a great – you're very wise beyond your years. I would tell you this because I don't play anymore. Lewis Riddick sitting in a TV studio, he played football. He was in football management. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. That's why he's there. And he got passed over for the Giants GM job. So he's a little jaded. Andrew Thomas is best left tackle in this draft. Appreciate that. Oh, LT coming firing with the takes. Is it true that you are also a drummer? Yeah, so I grew up uh, playing the drums. My dad played the drums. I grew up in church. So I've always been a huge fan of music. Like everyone in my family either sings or plays an instrument. So I grew up playing the drums. And then uh, obviously went to college, couldn't do band anymore. But percussion instruments like the xylophone and marimba, stuff like that, is very similar to the piano. So kind of started, you know, dibbling, dabbling in that. So does your family make music together? Is it like a family, you know, is, is the family reunion, a family gathering, you guys are just making music and making songs? So like my... My aunts and uncles and my parents, they when they were like in their 20s, they sung in like a gospel choir. They used to sing at different places. And then um, as they got older, they had like a smaller choir. They would sing at, you know, different churches and stuff like that. And my sister, she's uh, at Spelman right now. She sings in the choir, uh, used to play the flute in the band. So very musical family. How, how's your voice, Andrew? How's your voice? Uh, I could hold a note when I'm not as good as my okay. sister. <laughs> did, did they? Did, did the Giants uh, veterans last year ask you to sing? Look, they still had Zoom, right? Did, you know, did they hear about this music stuff? And they said, Andrew, you know, get up there and start singing a tune for us. They did not ask me to sing uh, during Zooms oh, and stuff. What but, has happened? But but in, but when we got to camp, I had to sing uh, in front of the whole team. I love it. Yeah. What'd you pick? What'd you pick? I sang Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone. Oh, uh, yes. So so we might see you in a Kadarius Tony rap video. Come <laughs> <I'm> on. <laughs> <I'm laughs> with Young Joker. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's great, man. I love him. What do you do, you know, if, if football didn't work out, what is Andrew Thomas doing? Probably in some musical class. I'm trying to learn about music. Like growing up, like Drumline was my favorite movie. Like all right, I wanted man. to do was be in the marching band, playing snare drum. Uh, that was that was my thing. But doing something with music, uh, that was my biggest thing. And I was I was big on education growing up. My parents would be frustrated if I didn't have straight A's. So probably in, you know, college classroom or doing something with music, probably. I wasn't cut out for marching band, guys. I, I did two years of marching band, and I, I I did the clarinet and tenor sax, and that was it for me. <laughs> that was it. Uh, Andrew, you um, didn't do a lot of losing in college and um, you came here and, you know, the losses are kind of piling up. How hard is that to deal with to kind of push through that? And, you know, what do you think moving forward here? You know, can this team kind of get back back up to where it needs to be? Yeah, it's frustrating because we, we put a lot of work in and I know the fans, they, they see the end score. And obviously we don't want to lose games, but when we watch the film, there's a lot of things that um, we've progressed, you know, as a whole team from last year. Um, but at the end of the day, um, if you're not winning, um, it, it doesn't matter. So just going back to the drawing board every week, um, doing what our coaches, you know, are preaching and, and try to come out with some more W's. It's such a fine line, right, Andrew? I mean, you played in the SEC, the best conference in college football, and then you come to the NFL and you see basically a first-round pick every week, a best player. I mean, the SEC has great players, but the line between winning and losing from college to pro is, is so vast. Like, it's different, right? I mean, you you know one bad play, two, three bad plays is what, what factors into the score. So – Facing these guys every weekend, what what what's the biggest challenge? Is it that someone's great every weekend? I mean, have you had a day off at the office yet at left tackle? Uh, you don't get a day off, um, right? Not in this business, and I I accept the challenge though. I'm 
people ask me, would I change anything about my rookie year? And I say no, because I got to see some of the best that the NFL had to offer, you know, right off the bat. And um, I think I learned a lot from it and it prepared me, you know, for the rest of my career. Um, you're going against the best every week. You get paid the big bucks to protect the quarterback. Um, a lot of times, you know, without chip help or whatever you want to call it. So uh, just trying to be the best version of yourself, just becoming a better student of the game. Because in college, a lot of times you're just more athletic or, or stronger than a lot of guys. And even, even if they are talented, they're not really refined in their rush moves. They might have one, you know, one movie at the stop. But in the league, they, they study everything and they have counters and they're reading um, whether, you know, running back is lined up. They got games. It's, it's so much to think about. You also caught a touchdown pass in your rookie year. You know, we'll all be there Sunday. Do we got another one in the playbook where you're catching the touchdown? Uh, I don't know about that. I got to talk to JG about that, but I think we need to put another one in there. Sweet hands. Is, is the, um, are the Bulldogs the best team in the country? I think so. Oof. Well, I mean, we know you think so. Um, yeah. Are they? I mean, you think they, you know, I mean, did, did, it, did it break your heart to see Alabama lose this past weekend? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. But um, they're playing really well right now. That defense is it's ridiculous. It's going to be a lot of guys playing on Sunday. The offense is doing well, even with, you know, what's going on with the quarterback. It's a lot of injuries they got right now, but they're still, you know, dominating um, really good teams. So excited uh, for this week, college game day versus Kentucky. That's going to be exciting. I, I asked you, um, I asked you uh, uh, last week, or I think before the Saints game, you know, about playing in loud stadiums, you know, and, you know, you're an SEC guy. You said, well, Auburn my freshman year. I mean, this, this, every, every weekend, you know, or night games at LSU, every, every week there's some craziness you got to go into, right? Uh, every week, yeah. Tennessee. It doesn't. It doesn't matter where you're at. It's going to be a loud environment. Being as good as we were, it's pretty good. It's, crowd gets good, quiet pretty quick. NFL is a little different. Um, fans that you're hard. It's hard to communicate. We have to be on top of it. We always ask current guys, you know, Joe Judge lap tally. Have you had to run any laps for Joe Judge? Definitely had to run some laps for Joe Judge. <laughs> do you have a tally? You know the number? I don't. Uh, we mm. do bouts, so it's not really a number. It's, it's a time that he puts on the clock, and you just run till it till it ends. Oof. What's like like a minute, two minutes? Like how long are you run? Uh, it'll be. It depends on the day. Um, but <laughs> two minute bounce before multiple ones. Hey, know. does Gano does Gano run those? Yeah, everyone runs. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't I have ran those. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you know, and Andrew, uh, Joe, uh, Coach Judge wants to uh, put a hill in there. By next year, they could, Jeez. you know, like the Patriots have the hill. You know, yeah. he wants to put a hill in there. So enjoy running on flat ground while you can, because next year you're going to be running uphill, I think. I wouldn't be surprised. When we were practice with New England, we were running the hill after practice. So we got, you know, a little used to that. So yeah. he must have been in his glory, right? Yeah, Up the hill. That's time of his life. <laughs> that's fine. All right. After all this hill talk, it's time for lunch now. Andrew Thomas, follow him on Instagram at no love drew. Follow him on Twitter at all for God underscore 55 rock nation in the building. Throw your diamonds up in the air. Andrew Thomas, good luck on Sunday. Good luck the rest of the season. And thanks for coming on blue rush. Appreciate you guys for having me. That says cheerio to episode 79, the Rosie Brown edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCrory for producing the show. Give Blue Rush a wee five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. For Paula Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Tynes. We return on Sunday night for our Blue Rush live podcast at the Victory Sports Bar following Giants Rams next to Mount Live Stadium. We'll see you there, and thanks for listening. He could break me in half.